This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 8th of February. In your squiz today, Pakistan heads to the polls, disconnecting in your downtime, some swift legal action and cracking down on some out-of-this-world plans. This is your squiz today. Claire, in terms of international elections, we've got India, Indonesia and, of course, the US coming up this year. But Pakistan's general election is also being held today. And given Pakistan has the world's fifth largest population, it's a notable one. I've got some numbers here. 128 million voters will choose from 5,121 candidates across 167 political parties. They'll be electing 266 representatives. There's some impressive numbers, Alice. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) On that. And yes, it is a very notable election, of course, because Pakistan is a big country, but also it's got nuclear weapons and it's got some very tricky relationships with three out of its four neighbours, and that includes Iran. So they are notable as a nation to pay some attention to. It's a nation also that is having a lot of economic problems. If you thought inflation was bad here, Pakistan's inflation is nearing 30%. They're also relying on support from the International Monetary Fund to avoid defaulting on its national debt. So there are lots of eyes from around the world on this election. And the other thing to mention, Claire, is that tensions are running high in Pakistan. Overnight, there's been deadly explosions in front of some candidates' offices. At least 22 people have been killed in those. The surge in violence really flared up last year, and a lot of it is to do with the former PM and cricket player Imran Khan. Yeah, and of course we've spoken a bit about him in the last couple of weeks as well. He's Mm. had a lot of legal action taken against him in recent times. He's in jail at the moment. That's over corruption. Uh, He was accused and convicted of selling and keeping gifts that he received while he was the Prime Minister. In recent days, he's also been handed other jail sentences from some of the 150 cases that have been launched against him. What Khan says is that it's a plot by Pakistan's very powerful military establishment to keep him out of power. Uh, That hasn't been proven, of course, but the military has interfered in the nation's politics before. That is a good segue. The leading candidate is Nawaz Sharif. He's been Pakistan's PM three times before, and at one point he was removed in a military coup. But he's back in favour with the military, so we'll hear tomorrow or over the weekend how he has fared. And Claire, you and Alex have done the latest Squiz shortcut on this issue. It's a good one to get more of the background to this big news story. You'll find it in your podcast app straight after this episode. There doesn't seem to be an end in sight to the Red Sea crisis. 
The Iranian-backed Houthi rebel group says that it's launched fresh attacks on UK and US commercial ships in the region, Claire. Yeah, and reports say that the crews haven't been injured and that the ships haven't been seriously damaged, but it has cast a lot of doubts on the effectiveness of those recent United States-led strikes on Houthi targets. They were carried out, of course, in retaliation for previous attacks and also in an effort to try and secure that part of the world, which is a very important shipping route. Um, Analysts say that to prevent ongoing disruption, Western allies need a better plan to deal with the Houthis and also to keep that passage open. And Claire, as for what's happening in Gaza... Hamas has responded to a new ceasefire proposal that's been served up by Qatar this week. Reports say overnight that Hamas wants Israeli forces to withdraw and for the war to end after three 45-day truce periods that would allow Israeli hostages to be exchanged for Palestinian prisoners. But analysts say that it's unlikely that Israel would agree to that because it wants total victory in the war. The Albanese government's industrial relations legislation will pass after progress was made yesterday on securing support from independent senators David Pocock and Lydia Thorpe, as well as the Greens. Alice, I love an opportunity to talk about wheeling and dealing on legislation in Canberra, (laughs) so this really is quite a gift. So the Albanese government's IR legislation is called the Closing Loopholes Bills. There's quite a few bits and pieces to that. But in order to get support, the coalition doesn't support it. So the government has to get the Greens and a couple of other crossbench senators on side to get the legislation passed. And yesterday what happened is uh, it looks like, as you say, Alice Pocock and Thorpe will support the Greens proposal of what's called the right to disconnect amendment. What that's to do with is basically preventing employees from being punished by their employer for not responding responding to work calls, emails and messages in their free time. Uh, It doesn't prevent reasonable contact from the employer in the case of an emergency or if they need to update people about their shift, for example. Uh, But it does mean that employers could face fines if they contact their staff too often outside of business hours. Yep, so that deal was done and it means that the government's broader industrial relations plan will pass the parliament after months of negotiations. That includes things like boosting wages for gig workers and giving casual workers more opportunities for permanent work. So expect to hear a bit more on that today. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, there's been a lot of concern from Taylor Swift's fans, or Swifties as they're known, about how she'll make it back from Tokyo to see her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, play in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas on Monday. 
But one avid plane spotter has been told to completely stop tracking her aerial movements. Alice, I feel like we need to put a little disclaimer on any Taylor Swift content (laughs) at the moment because there's a lot. (laughs) And, of course, if she's coming to Australia shortly, we're going to be talking about her even more. But this one is an interesting story. Um, This guy's name is Jack Sweeney. He has been tracking Swift's private jet on social media. He's done that for other public figures as well and has also run into trouble with them. Um, The general line from the celebrities is that he is putting their safety at risk by making their uh, movements very, very transparent. Um, But what has happened is that Swift's team have sent him a legal letter and said, you've got to stop doing that. But what Sweeney says is that he's doing the public a very good duty. Uh, What he's doing is highlighting their carbon footprint. Yeah, and Claire, like you say, it's not the first time he's tussled with a public figure. He's also posted the movements of private jets owned by Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos and the rapper Drake. But in this case, some of Swift's fans have defended him too. There's been posts online telling the lawyers, you need to calm down. We've talked a bit in recent months about the race to get back to the moon. The US, Japan and India have sent missions there in recent times, but The experts say that they're worried about what private companies that have an interest in the moon might do there, Claire. And it used to be that it was government agencies that were undertaking space exploration. But as we've talked about, there are many companies that are involved in that these days. And Alice, it's not unusual for businesses to want to make a buck or two out of their activities. When it comes to the moon, there's a couple of businesses that have actually started up that will take human ashes to the moon. Uh, There's talk of putting advertising on the moon uh, and also a non-commercial sort of wheeling and dealing. There's talk of building religious monuments there too. So this week, some experts have given their advice. They say that there needs to be moon surface rules. One said we need to be careful that we're not contaminating it, not just with biological and chemical contamination, but with litter. I'm intrigued by why you'd want your ashes littered on the moon in the first place, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Different strokes for different folks, I think they say. Very different. I don't quite get it either. (laughs) Claire, we've already plugged our latest squeeze shortcut on Imran Khan and Pakistan's politics. And you've got another thing to plug. Yeah, I do. So we want you to head over to our news club show. Kate Watson and I, who, of course, started this podcast, would you believe it, Alice? I think we're coming (laughs) up to like five and a half years ago. We're almost six years into this podcast. Um, We talk about how we started the squeers, why we've done what we've done and why news club and what we're looking to do with news club is the next step for us. So we're not really good at talking about ourselves, but we've really talked a bit about all of those sorts of things. So if you're interested in it, that's the place to get our story. Yeah, very good. If you want to look that up, you can search for News Club in your podcast app. And that wraps us up today. We will speak to you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week 
with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.